0: we can acknowledge that some of the men who come to our workshop are there because someone else encouraged them to come. Like Mm -hmm. maybe their spouse gave them an ultimatum. Um, But what we know is if I'm not doing the work because it's where I want to be and what I want to do, it's not going to for long-term be transformational. So Mm -hmm. there's a, a subtle difference where if I believe you believe I have a problem, That may engage me to a limited extent, but when I believe I have an issue or there's a place where I need some healing, that's going to be transformative. And we can acknowledge in the early days for some of the men, maybe they do participate because someone has told them that they need to do it. And there is an ultimatum. Mm -hmm. So that may get you in the door, but that's not going to be Mm -hmm. enough to really um, engage the transformational Mm -hmm. journey.
1: Podcast. We are here today with our host, Dr. Greg Miller. Greg, how are you today? I'm
0: doing well and glad to be here. Right. Well, I'm Randy Everett,
1: your co-host, and we're happy to have Deb Laser with us today. Director of Faithful and True, and probably our favorite guest on this
0: podcast. I don't like to play favorites. I was going to say, tomorrow
2: you'll say someone else is (laughs) the favorite. I know you, Randy. She signs my (laughs) text. So I had
0: to say that.
1: At any rate, we're thrilled to have Deb with us today. And uh, we're going to continue our series uh, that we've been having about basically how uh, how to earn a wife's trust back and part of that is the husband needs to own that he has a problem
0: yeah and like you identified we're in the middle of a series um a while back uh, deb and i kicked the series off with a couple of podcasts kind of introducing this idea of trust um, but today we're going to be specifically looking at this idea that the husband is willing to own that there is a problem and in doing that it begins to help create safety and trust for the wife. Mm-hmm. Um, Deb, why do you suppose that's the case? That why mm-hmm. is it? And and you know what's interesting is you come and teach to the men's workshop, and when you do, this is actually the first one mm-hmm. that you teach. It's, it really is like the foundation in order for the trust to be built. What causes it to be so important?
2: Well, I think it's true for anybody who is you know, engaging in behaviors or substances or whatever that are hurtful to someone else, that there is a desire to change. Mm-hmm. And, you know, scripturally, as we've been told, to look at the plank in our own eye. And there there is something about that ownership that gets us off to the right start. And so um, it's hard to do, though, because generally speaking, we can find any number of people who are doing the same thing we're doing. And it's not that bad or Mm -hmm. you know everybody else is doing it too and so something about saying but for me i want to be a different person and i think that carries a, a lot of um power with it for a believable power to another person saying you know th- this is very believable they're doing it for a good reason they're motivated by a good reason right. is to be somebody different
0: Yeah we just did a podcast with Hardesties uh, and it was on this idea that in order to build trust the husband doesn't blame his wife for Mm -hmm. his actions, Um, his behavior, his addiction. And so this is really the partner to Mm -hmm. that, Mm -hmm. that it really does start with that ownership piece. And one of the things that um, we talk about at the men's workshop is that it's important that we take it seriously. Mm -hmm. And the alternative is one end of the pendulum is we minimize it. And kind of like what you said, it's no big deal. Everybody's doing it. But the other end of the pendulum is to catastrophize it. And when we Mm -hmm. catastrophize it, that that's really not a place of hope. So this ownership is I'm taking responsibility for it, and I also believe that there is a way forward, that there is hope that I don't have to be in this place anymore.
2: Mm -hmm. And when you think about it, I mean, if if we expand this to other areas of people that want to own they have a problem, I mean, it could be, a weight issue. And, you know, I finally own that I weigh too much and it's not helpful for me. But if I'm not in that place of ownership, it's going to be really hard to make decisions from there. You know, we have to have the vision first. Really owning a problem is like having vision. When we have vision, then we can start setting up our goals and mm-hmm. our next right steps, which make it more manageable instead of just trying to look at it as a big, big problem right. and not knowing what we're going to do next.
0: Yeah, You know, we, we talk at the workshop that we can acknowledge that some of the men who come to our workshop are there because someone else encouraged them to come. Like mm-hmm. it, the, maybe their spouse gave them an ultimatum. Um, but what we know is, If I'm not doing the work because it's where I want to be and what I want to do, it's not going to, for long term, be transformational. So there's a a subtle difference where if I believe you believe I have a problem, that may engage me to a limited extent. But when I believe I have an issue or there's a place where I need some healing, that's going to be transformative. And we can acknowledge in the early days for some of the men, maybe they do participate because someone has told them that they need to do it and there is an ultimatum Mm -hmm. so that may get you in the door but that's not going to be Mm -hmm. enough to really um, engage the transformational Mm -hmm. journey
2: it's one of the things i love about the team greg and you're you're leading that team for whatever reason it seems like if they can get in the door even if it isn't necessarily from them owning they have a Mm -hmm. problem I think there, there's a gentleness and truthfulness that happens here, um, a non-shaming presentation that somehow by the end of that time, because when I come on day three mm-hmm. to talk with them, generally even if there were those that were resistant or someone pushed them in the door, they're ready to own the problem mm-hmm. themselves. And, and that's a great place to leave here, even if it takes some help from some of the team. Um, hearing some things differently or whatever it takes to do that, I think that's great.
0: And, you know, in the previous podcast, we talked about that there's a pendulum. One end of the pendulum is shame, and the shame Mm -hmm. message is there's something wrong with me. Um, It's all my fault. And the other end of the pendulum is blame. You know, there's something wrong with you. It's all your fault. And what we know when we're in that blame-shame pendulum, we're not going to get to that ownership. And for a lot of the men, when they first come, and this may be the way the wives experience it, they're so consumed with their shame, they're not able to get to that ownership place. And in the yeah. early days, shame may feel good, especially if I've never really owned my problem. But shame is not the same as ownership. Mm-hmm. Um, are there some ways that if you're working with a wife and her, you know, she's experiencing her husband in shame... Are there some things that you can encourage or support or help her as she maybe waits for him to get more to the ownership place out of the shame place?
2: Mm-hmm. I think some of it is just acknowledging you know, that it isn't her truth, mm-hmm. whatever she's hearing him say. Um, that it isn't her truth necessarily, and and she hears it, and it must be hard to live in that place. Mm -hmm. And, you know, that she hopes in his journey he'll be able to hear things differently or know the truth about himself, you know, that you you can be a good person and still have a problem. And I think for a lot of people, they can't separate that out. Mm -hmm. You know, their behaviors are who they are. And we don't believe that's a truth here.
0: I know in the early days of my own recovery, um, Beth and I, now we can talk about it, but um, there was this this vision of me that was hunched over Greg, and I was just weighed down by my shame. And Beth would say that even in the early days, you know, she knew that if I didn't come out of that shame place, there really wouldn't be the transformation that she desired for me and that was necessary in order for our coupleship to make it. And she could, you know, to the best of her ability at that point, be supportive of me. And she was very supportive of me getting help and resources. But one of the things I would say to a wife is it's not your responsibility to get him out of the shame. And mm-hmm. um, that's going to be a journey that he has to engage himself. You may want to be intentional not to offer more shame, but what's true is he's got to find his grounding. He's got to find his truth because that truth is necessary in order for there to be the ownership.
2: Mm-hmm. I always kid when, uh, you know, there are books out there that are kind of crazy in their titles. <laughs> one one that I remember says, um, how to help your husband um, grow his self-esteem. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, well, It doesn't work that well because (laughs) self-esteem is an inside job, you know? So, like you say, I mean, we can be careful about not shaming statements and adding hurt to the hurt. But it is true that it's an inside job. And um, chances are the person close to us is not always going to be that helpful. And when they do say words, they're like water off a duck's back, Mm -hmm. you know, which gets frustrating. And then you know it creates more anger and frustration in the relationship. So, right. well, oh, go ahead. I was going to say one
1: of the uh, encouraging things about the men's journey workshop and this uh, what was the term you used about the slouch, the shame, the hunched, oh, over, hunched Greg. over Greg. The, okay, the mm-hmm. hunched over Greg uh, is a is a pretty common. Uh, thing that we see the Thursday morning of a men's journey workshop when the men come in the door they're coming to us from across the country and from uh, you know every corner of the country you can almost visibly see mm-hmm. the guilt and shame that they're carrying mm-hmm. on their shoulders when they walk in that front that first morning there's so much apprehension and shame and things like mm-hmm. this uh, and then when you see them leave on late Saturday afternoon they their posture, they're, you know, they're strong and erect and and hopeful. Mm -hmm. Right. And uh, and hopefulness was one of the byproducts that um, our good friend, uh, Dr. Rick Underwood, did his master's dissertation on Mm -hmm. our workshops, and he attended several uh, back-to-back episodes of it or Mm -hmm. whatever uh, of the workshop. And in the end, his findings were there was a measurable, unmistakable, uh, reduction in shame and guilt in these men that would attend mm-hmm. so uh it, it's uh, that's a pretty common condition that you're describing right. of yourself because we see it all the time mm-hmm. yeah and
0: w- one of the things we would hope is that for that man who shows up in his shame he's able to leave three days later with more ownership because mm-hmm. i can't change something that i don't own and so if I'm blaming somebody else for it, or I'm blaming my past, or I'm blaming my circumstances, that's not ownership. But if I'm in my shame, that's not ownership either. Mm-hmm. Um, what what encouragement would you offer to a wife who seems to say, my my husband doesn't seem to be owning that he a, has a problem, you know, maybe he is minimizing it or dismissing it, or maybe he's catastrophizing it, and it seems as if he... Is saying it's hopeless, he can't change her. Mm -hmm. How do you support a woman who's just waiting for that?
2: Well, the front end of your question, what can she do if he's not owning, I think, is for her to get validation that she can still own it. Mm -hmm. And typically that's not going to be from him, which is where wives typically go. And, you know, they don't get validated for their belief that this is a problem in their marriage unless he owns that it's a problem. However, there are other choices. She can get into her own counseling with people like us who deal with this all the time so that we can validate her reality. Um, she can join a group of other women who are working, walking this journey and get into groups where they're dealing with these issues. And so um, being validated and know that she's not crazy for believing that whatever's going on there creates a lot of pain for mm-hmm. her and creates distance in the relationship, And it could be in time that doing that will also lead her to make some decisions or take some different steps, um, not to tolerate what is intolerable for her. Mm -hmm. And that's where change moves. So as I always say, anybody who takes the first step is going to create change. It could be him Mm -hmm. owning the problem, which is what we love the best. Mm -hmm. Um, It could be her because he's not. And when she begins to live in her truth and begins to know that I, I, it's just not okay for me for you know, infidelity or lack of communication or emotional connection with each other or whatever it is. Um, she can also make decisions about things she'll do differently. So either one works to create change in the relationship.
0: Mm. I'd also say that just the nature of who we are we can even move into ownership and move out of ownership. You know, mm-hmm. It's not a stagnant thing. And so there may be times when I'm grounded in my truth. I'm really owning it. I'm putting energy and effort towards the resources and the, the support that I need. But then other times something can get triggered in me and I can go into that blame place or that shame place. What we're talking about here is this forward trajectory moving towards ownership. Mm-hmm. And again... I, As I said in the last podcast, as we were talking about not blaming our spouse, there are three parts to ownership. The first part is that acknowledgement piece. And I think for a Mm. lot of men, maybe they can acknowledge that this is disruptive, this is painful, they've hurt their spouse. But if all they're able to do is acknowledge it, that's not going to be enough. You know, Mm. I'm sure that many times wives get tired of hearing, I'm sorry, when there's no action backing up change. So then the second part is I create a plan to change. And then the third thing is I implement that plan to change. So there may be some women who are listening that go, well, my my husband will acknowledge that there's a problem. And yet it doesn't feel like ownership yet because I don't know that there's a plan to change or he seems to have a plan and he's not implementing it yet.
2: Mm -hmm. And and it's hard because making these big changes about these things is not easy. Mm -hmm. And I know we hold the expectation high here that it is possible. And yet I think sometimes for a wife who maybe hasn't worked on trying to change something of her own, um, it is hard to kind of walk alongside and have some empathy for how how hard that is. Mm -hmm. Um, It's why I love when we can get into the work and just work with wives about anything they want to change in their life because that's where I think we begin to create empathy for someone else. I know I wrote in my book, Shattered Vows, about um, an instance when I realized withdrawing was one of the ways I managed things that were hard in my life. So it wasn't sexual addiction, it wasn't sexual acting out, and yet it drew me away from having conversations with Mark or others and it wasn't particularly good because I didn't have a voice about things that mattered. And, you know, I talked about that at length in my counseling. We understood where it came from and how I was modeled to do this kind of thing. And I understand the whole thing. Mm -hmm. And, you know, and then nine months, 10 months later, um, we get into a hard situation. And what do you think I find myself doing? Withdrawing. Mm -hmm. And I'm in the bedroom thinking, I'm doing exactly what I said I wasn't going to do. At that moment, it was just such a wake-up call to me. This is different than what Mark is working on. And yet, if somebody told me, you do that one more time, I'm out of here, or whatever else the threat might be, uh, you know, I probably couldn't have pulled it off. So I'm just saying we need... It's not that we expect men to, you know, not make it and not be sober. I'm just saying it is hard work, and so a lot of our extra points here in terms of how to build trust or about how to carry out some of those extra things to hopefully expedite, you know, all the things that it's going to take to make mm-hmm. this big change.
0: If, if you were to try to identify, what are some of the indicators that you see that helps a spouse know that? the husband is going in the right direction, he's really wanting to own this. Are there some uh, indicators that a a wife can experience that says, okay, he is going in the right direction?
2: Mm -hmm. Well, I think our language and how anyone talks about things, even though we also say words are kind of cheap on the Mm -hmm. front end, there is also something about um, authenticity that can come from A man, let's just say that he goes home from the workshop and and it has been a different experience for him. And maybe he says to his wife, you know, I just need to admit that, um, you know, I know this has been a problem for me and for you and I haven't taken it as seriously as I thought I needed to. And I think I'm finally getting it. You know, I think I'm finally getting it that I need to work harder at this and there are more things that I can do and i'm committed this time to do it differently and i don't really expect you to believe that at this point i just hope i can live this out so you can watch how mm-hmm, this is going to mm-hmm. happen now those words are different you know right. and just saying well honey i have a problem and you know i'll go see what i can do to fix it or just a so, a, a
0: false promise of oh i'll never do it again exactly. without some understanding of the resources and the support it's going to take to live into that promise yeah. you know you you said something that prompted me What's true is some of the men who come through Faithful and True, they have had discovery and seasons of recovery prior to coming. This may be their third attempt, their fourth Mm -hmm. attempt, something like that. And I would imagine in those situations, and I do know this is true because of the feedback that I get from both the husbands and also their wives, that it is challenging when this isn't the first time, Mm -hmm. that this has happened before, and they're looking, you know, the spouse may be looking for ownership, but it's really difficult to trust because maybe she perceived that he had owned it previously and mm-hmm. you know they find themselves Perhaps back themselves in the situation. Really. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So how do you encourage someone in that situation that they maybe they thought it was being owned before and now they don't know what ownership looks like because mm-hmm. they're back in this situation?
2: Mm-hmm. Well, I will tend to look at what has been done. Because what my belief is that if there's some, um, there's some difficulty with the program and there's a lack of sobriety or lack of staying on course, that there are things that are missing. And they could be from her or they could be from him. Now, wives, please hear me. I'm not saying that you're responsible for what's going on for him. I am saying, however, that there are things you can do for yourself to work on your well-being when he might be struggling with sobriety or other Mm -hmm. issues. I just talked to a woman this morning, in fact, who I hadn't talked to in several years. She came here one time. We talked. We had a conversation. I think she felt heard that um, she was right. There were things going on that were very hurtful to her in the relationship. And for a number of different reasons, she didn't do anything more with that. And He came here, and that's all he did. And I'm saying that that was a good start, Mm -hmm. and it wasn't enough. Right, And that was four years ago. So um, over that time, he's done that, and he has a few men in his life, and she still has no one, and she's isolated. And so it's real easy to say, rather than focusing on all the things you're frustrated in with him, could I encourage you to get involved with some of the women here so you're not isolated? Mm -hmm. And let's continue to validate you and look at what you want to do to find peace, a little bit of peace at least each day, and walk the journey that leads you to be the woman you want to be. And she immediately said, that's really what I want to do. I don't want to just keep sitting here focusing on him. And in the long run, that's good for him too because you don't want to be focused on 24-7. You need to find other ways to have men and counselors help you create your own journey so it's a win-win for mm-hmm. both and that's what I said to her I have a lot of hope for you guys you just stopped you know before you got enough right so let's get you reinvolved and yep. you know do some more stuff
0: one, one of the images I use it's like you go and you have an infection so they give you an antibiotic. Well the temptation is once I start feeling better I'm going to stop, stop the antibiotic mm-hmm. <laughs> but what ends up happening is the infection will come back because it was never fully gone. And I begin to build uh, immunity to the antibiotic yeah. itself, and so I see that in a lot of people's recovery, they come to the workshop, they go to a group, they participate in something at church. They're committed for a while, and things start to get better. That's, yeah. you know, better in their home. They're feeling <laughs> better about themselves. Maybe they have less shame. And they just began, but they didn't fully engage, and that's not going to get them where they are. So it's kind of like if you only participate in a portion of the recommended treatment plan, that's not going to be helpful. And one of the uh, sayings I love in the recovery community is half measures availed us nothing. And so what's also true is if I'm doing something maybe for a long term, but I'm only bringing a part of myself to that experience, if I'm not fully investing in it, that's also not going to be helpful. Mm -hmm. So ownership is, you know, I'm fully in to the extent and for the time frame that it will take for me to get more fully free. Mm -hmm. And anything less than that is actually not going to be helpful and not going to take me to where I need to be.
2: Mm -hmm. You know, I love using um, comparisons with the business world because I ran a business for a number of years, and I've read a lot of books about businesses, but one one of my favorites is a book called Good to Great, and if anyone is out there listening or is in business yourself, I'm sure you know of this book. It's a very popular one in the business world, and what I like about it is that it reminds us that with the right leadership... Um, we can turn a good company into a great company. And that one of the reasons that companies often don't move that direction is because they settle for good enough. Mm -hmm. And I think that's kind of like what we're talking about. Things can get a lot better, and they're so much better than how they've been, that we can stop doing what we're doing, spending the money, spending the time, all those kinds of things, And um, eventually though, they kind of slide back to where Mm -hmm. they were. And we miss that opportunity to really experience the great that can come from a lot of this good work. So, you know, we get to decide. I think half measures could lead us to good, actually. Mm -hmm. A lot of them, they do. Um, And if we want great, and we really want that transformational place that we know can happen for people, it generally is going to take longer and more money than you probably figured in the beginning, just like a lot of great things do, Mm -hmm. you know? You know,
0: what's interesting is this idea of good enough. So we, (laughs) we talk about here at Faithful and True, this idea of our wise adult, our survivor adult, or our survivor person. And you can take a phrase like good, en- good enough, and that can come from our wise adult. For those of us who struggle with perfectionism, for those of yeah. us who believe that we can only be safe if everything is perfect. Well, as a wise adult, I, I must learn to be content with good enough. However, there can be a survivor energy with good enough that says, this is good enough. I, yes, great may be possible, but I'm going to settle mm-hmm. for this. And that's one of the great dangers to transformation is when I get in my survivor and I determine it's good enough. We've spent enough money. We've done enough work. Um, I've changed enough. Um, and the nature of addiction, actually, the danger is it will come back in some form. Mm-hmm. Um, we want it fully addressed, not partially addressed. And so one of the things that can be true is for the spouse they they get that sense of their you know their their husband may be settling that they've determined that it's good enough and that can create some concern and and it's a valid concern because what what is at stake is so significant and if we don't fully address it there's a strong possibility that it will come back in some form
2: mm-hmm. And you know it may be true for her too that the all the focus is on stopping a behavior. And we know that that's the approach in a lot of places, at a lot of meetings, and and it's not here because what we know mm-hmm. is that's only partially good enough. Right, And if we only focus on behaviors and stopping behaviors, we miss that greatness of changing character. Mm. And that's what I think also it's going to be one of our... Points later on in Mm -hmm. our series is watching for the change of character, not just the fact that someone's sober and has stopped behaving a certain way.
0: Well, that's the big piece of ownership. You know that we talk about this idea that they own that there is a problem. Mm -hmm. Well, their behavior is one of the issues. That's not the only issue. Mm -hmm. It's this uh, greater thing of if recovery is becoming the person that God created me to be. That's the issue. I'm not the person that God created me to be if I'm in my addiction. And even after the behavior has been addressed, I'm not fully that person. And so that's the constant invitation of becoming. Mm -hmm. And so... I think what brings hope is when we see, yes, the person is uh, addressing the addiction and the behavior, but there's also this passion to be free, to live out the fruits of the Spirit, to be a person of love and joy and peace and patience and kindness and goodness and gentleness and self-control, that when we sense that's the goal, that's the vision, that's when we can know that the person is really owning that there's an issue that they want to address. Mm -hmm.
1: That is a great way to wrap this up, right there with that <laughs> statement there. We'd like to thank you for joining us again today on the Faithful and True podcast. And Debbie, thank you for being mm-hmm. with us. We always thank enjoy you. having you I on love the being podcast. You. Thank you. And Greg, uh, your stellar
0: regular <laughs> <laughs> self, what can I say?
1: also like to thank Aaron Wellman, our producer and engineer. And uh, what else do I going <laughs> to say? That's great. Oh, uh, That's great for <laughs> now. Okay, yeah. Uh, We appreciate all of his talents and efforts. Um, We'd like to invite you, if you're hearing this message today and say, ah, that's Just opened my eyes to some problems that I've been trying to ignore that aren't going to go away until I get the help that I need. We invite you to visit faithfulandtrue.com where you'll find all kinds of free resources. There's over 400 podcasts like this that uh, you can access, listen to, or watch the video versions of them. We also have our online bookstore with all the books by Mark and Debbie Laser that are available to order. And we have all of the information. information and registration for the men's journey workshop, which we offer every month of the year. Uh, It's starting here tomorrow morning. Um, Uh, coincidentally, uh, the December (laughs) workshop, but we do it every month and we invite you, if you're a man struggling with these uh, issues to look into that, there's lots of information, there's a brief video that uh, discusses the most frequently asked questions that men have about the Men's Journey Workshop, and then we also have the information and registration for the Women's Journey Workshop and the Couples Journey Workshop it's all on the website at faithfulandtrue.com Until we join you again next time, we thank you for your time, we thank you for your interest, and we hope that the coming week is a week for you that's filled with many blessings and with great visions.